The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. This is easily the worst half of basketball the Tropics have played since Monix took over as coach. Yeah, it's a shit-fucking sandwich, Dick. Oh, let's watch the F-bomb, Lou. All right, welcome to the Chronic Podcast post-game edition week two recap. I'm your host, Ralph Marlboro. It's Monday. That means we're joined by Andrew Juge, who had the unfortunate task of grading the Saints, especially the defense. Andrew, uh, do you drink while you watch the game film to grade the players? Uh, you know, uh, I don't. And uh, I, I, I can't understand for the life of me why I didn't. What, what was I thinking? <laughs> I hear you. You know, Andrew, um, I'm going to start with um, something that maybe you're seeing grading the film, but I've, I've heard it um, two straight weeks from NFL people that aren't just the regular run-of-the-mill talking heads like Ditka and Chris Carr and all those people. I'm talking about the people that are at NFL films and, and breaking it down, and that's J- Jaworski and uh, Michael Lombardi. And they both said – Saints receivers aren't getting open. Ron Jaworski was like, week one, London Fletcher was covering Devery Henderson one-on-one. How big an issue are the wide receivers in that, with all the problems the Saints have at offensive line and interceptions, all that, how big is the wide receiver issue, is it, and is it being overlooked? No, I, I, I mean, I, it depends on what you mean by overlooked. Um, I think it's by the two guys you just mentioned, I think it's a good point. And I think by some of the NOAA media and Saints fans, it's uh, underlooked. Um, you know, look, I mean, we talked about this briefly after the game, and I firmly believe right now the Saints are operating at one and a half receivers. And look, Marcus Wilson was never a guy who was going to get 15 yards separation from anybody. Um, but, and, you know, when he's playing at SS, he's a guy that. He's very physical and can go up and get very tough catches in tight coverage. And right now he's not doing that. And I think based on how the first game went, Drew Brees knows he's banged up and he's lost a little faith in him. And so right now the Saints are kind of operating at about one and a half receivers, that being Colston and and Lance Moore. And as we saw with Lance Moore, um, he dropped a critical pass um, that would have been a touchdown. So you take away – but, you know, beyond that, I think Lance Moore has been okay. But um, Henderson, let's, first of all, Henderson wasn't really doing much before the concussion. 
didn't have a great first game. Yeah. And he's not he's not as fast as he used to be. And if Joe Morgan could catch the football, it would help this team immensely. Um, the problem is he's not doing that right now. And so, really, what you've got behind, now that Henderson's injured, you've got Camarillo, you've got a guy that can't catch, and you've got a guy that's basically been a special teams player only for the last five years. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, I think it hurts really bad that Toon, Arrington, that those two didn't work out because that's the two guys they were kind of counting on to be like the young receivers that yeah. could come in in a pinch. And, and now they don't even have them. So it's really it's Henderson and, and Camarillo and Roby who are like veterans. And, and there's a reason that they've kind of been available, or at least Roby and Camarillo, that they've kind of been available around the league. Um, so it, it's, 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 it's a major problem. I mean, all you have to do is forget even the completions. Look at the targets. Look at the targets and how many – the percentage of them that are going to Sproles and Graham means they're the only guys that Breeze really has faith in right now. Yeah, no, you're, 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 um, you're, you're 100% um, – you're 100% correct. I mean, and there's, there's really no um, other way to sort of uh, – to sort of put it. I mean, <sighs> this offense – Andrew, uh, I've always, you know, me and you have sort of, I've been the last couple of years the biggest preacher of the Devery Henderson fan club, and you have too. Look, he gets, he's got, he has come such a long way, and and I firmly believe that, especially the last three, two to three years, defensive coordinators were petrified that Devery Henderson was going to beat them deep. So they had to respect him going down the down the hash mark, and now they don't, and it changes everything. Uh, yeah, it hurts. It hurts. It hurts that you know. In the past, the Saints have always had two deep threats on the field, Henderson and Meacham. Yeah. And so basically, anytime you were playing the Saints, one of those two was on the field, and you had to respect them stretching the field on every play, mm-hmm. on every single play one of those two would almost always run a deep route mm-hmm. and you basically had to account for it. And yeah. now Joe Morgan is really the only guy that represents that because he's hands down the best deep threat on the team. Jeff's stuck everyone. Yeah. But, um, but uh, the Saints don't trust him with good reason. And so he's not getting enough snaps. So now it's, it's a combination of Roby and, uh, you know, every once in a while it's Lance Moore. Um, and that, that's just not just stretching the field and scaring people. And frankly, when, when Lance Moore is running those field stretching routes, um, it's not really helping the Saints because at the end of the day, that's not what he does best. And so yeah. you're, you're almost taking away one of his assets by making him do that. Yeah, and, and, and the thing is, though, uh, NFL ju- uh, defenses will adjust fast. So the Saints, they don't even necessarily need Joe Morgan to be consistent the rest of the year, if they could just, Andrew, if they could just squeeze a couple of good games in a row out of them, I think it would help them immensely. Well, yeah, I mean, look, I, I still think the big play to Joe Morgan's coming. I still I still think he's fast enough that at some point um, Saints are going to catch somebody napping. 
there's a good chance it'll be the Chiefs next year. <laughs> oh Lord, if but it's to the Chiefs, I yeah, but um, you know, at some point they're going to catch somebody napping, and Joe Morgan's going to get vertical, and hopefully he'll he'll score on a big play. Um, and you know, once that happens, maybe defenses will respect the Saints a little bit more. But look, finding a new receiver, I'm mean, short of Theo, Plaxico Burris, Ocho Cinco. I mean, th- those are short of signing a guy like that. Um, the Saints aren't going to get a, a young, explosive receiver that's going to change anything. So. Um, we're we're kind of stuck with the guys that the Saints have at this point, and that's who what we're about, rooting for. What about? Um, I'm not sure if he's on a roster, but I know he was cut. A, I know he was cut in the preseason. What about an old Saints favorite, Dante Stallworth? Oh God! I'm just um, saying, Andrew. Desperate times, my friend. Well, uh, you know, I, I certainly don't think he's an upgrade over Devery Henderson at this point. Um, but you know, I, I think Joe Morgan. You though? know, I. I I think there's a reason why the Saints got rid of him. You know, I think... There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events... You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. (laughs) I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. Um, they, they, he, he, you know, look, his track record speaks for itself. Amazing athlete, um, not committed to football, um, wakes up late, misses practices, um, makes mistakes off the field. And that's not the kind of guy that the Saints bring in. And so um, they would have to mortgage their philosophy um, in order to bring in a guy like that. And actually, you know, the other guys I just mentioned, Ocho Cinco, Plax, Ditto, you know, it's they would have to mortgage their philosophy. And I don't think losing two games um, equates to, yeah. to that kind of desperate measure. You know, I mean, you, you have a system you believe in, win, lose, or draw. And, uh, you know, so I, I think and, – and, and I wouldn't advocate for it either. You know, I think you're kind of married to um, the, what's won you a Super Bowl. Yeah. So – No, absolutely. And this, this offense, I mean – and another main point that I, I made in my column is that I can almost feel Andrew through the TV. And I think I'm, we might have talked about this when you called in and gave a quick uh, cameo in the post game yesterday. Mm-hmm. I can almost feel the pressure – that the offense feels through the TV. I mean, the Saints offense put up 200 yards of offense in the first half, and yet they had one three and out, and I was genuinely panicked. I was like, oh, shit, they're going to be down 21-13 at the half, and Carolina gets the ball first. You shouldn't feel that kind of panic for an offense that puts up 200 yards in a half. 
I agree. And look, I think the most important thing to realize here in all this is that, yeah, yes, they were amazing last year, but we're a little spoiled as fans, you know. I mean, let's be serious here. What we've been able to experience with Drew Brees for all these years, we've been spoiled by it. And just because they were basically epic proportions last year and it's one of the historically great offenses, the most historically great offense in NFL history, we can't be expecting that every year, okay? And look, they still put up 27 points last week on the road, and they put up a lot of points the week before that, more points than that. So I, I just think at the end of the day, we have to accept the fact that this offense isn't going to keep getting better and better and better every year. At some point, they plateau. At some point, they they regress maybe a little bit. Um, is this, Does it mean they're terrible? Absolutely not. They're still one of the best offenses in the NFL, but they may not be the best ever anymore. And we need to come to grips with that. And that's okay because you know what? That offense is good enough to win football games for most teams in the NFL. They're yeah. 0-2 right now because that offense has made a couple mistakes, and those mistakes have killed the team because it hasn't been able to compensate for how woeful the defense has been. Yeah, and let's uh, – oh, Lord, let's – one last thing on the on the offense, and that is um, I think – I know that Pierre Thomas can't carry the load um, – Andrew, the the entire season. Look, I understand. I understand that, and I've been an advocate of you gotta you gotta be judicial in how you give Pierre Thomas carries. But I think Andrew, I think they need to waive that rule right about now. And I think for the next two three weeks until they get this thing settled, maybe Pierre Thomas needs to be the feature guy. He needs to be Sproles and Pierre Thomas and nobody else. At least you're saying, yeah, I mean, I could see Mark Ingram's role being reduced after what I saw in the last game. And certainly um, Mark Ingram, anytime he's in the game, you kind of know it's not going to be a passing play, yeah. or at least he's not a big threat to catch the football. And so uh, I, I could see that happening. I could see his role being reduced. I still think, and it showed in that game, Ingram is a terrific short yardage guy, and yeah. he, he is their man. Whenever it's third and one short, third and short, they need that tough yard. It's always going to Ingram. And he's consistently, you know, I think there were two occasions, maybe three last week, where he he was in that position and he converted. And, and he, I know he had a very high conversion rate percentage last year. So um, they have a lot of faith in him, and that's going to still be his role. But, yeah, beyond that, like first and ten, second and five, you know, kind of your run-of-the-mill downs, I could see Pierre Thomas stealing more of those from Ingram based on what we've seen for yeah. sure. All right, we've gone through the offense, which is disappointing, but nothing horrible. They can still win games. Now we got to get to the defense, Andrew. Um, I, I don't even know where to start, but I'll start with this. Uh, the safeties haven't had an interception in 20 games. That's a great stat, Ralph. <laughs> I wish I'd come up with that myself. I, I saw it on Twitter, and as everybody knows, anything that's on Twitter is the gospel truth. So I just <laughs> – it sounded great. It's the so New World Wikipedia. It is. So I just went with it. And even if it's not true, it feels true. <laughs> um, Andrew, this, these safeties and this secondary, is there any hope that it can get better? I mean, just can it can – it, it, right now it's an F. Can it get I mean, to – can it, can it get any worse? I mean, is it possible to get worse? 
Well, no. I mean, I, Steve, I, I Steve Smith made a fair catch signal. I don't think it's possible to get worse. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I mean, Will Smith went up against two very good left tackles and Trent Williams and Jordan Gross in the past two weeks, and he got dominated, completely dominated. So, um, you know, over the course of the season, injuries happen along the offensive line, and hopefully – um, Will Smith will stay healthy, and he'll be able to face weaker competition. He's got a four-game suspension, though, coming. Yeah, he, yeah, that, maybe so. Yeah, it's very true. Um, well, you know, whoever's in there, you know, um, you know, whether it's Junior Gallet, um, you know, first of all, I, I just think you know the pass rush. I mean, it starts and ends there. Um, they were, I thought, the Saints were solid against the run week one. Uh, I thought they were very poor against the run in week two. Um, but I think I think we'll at least see um, that come and go a little bit. I think yeah. you'll have times where Bunkley and Ellis and you know we know that Will Smith and Cam Jordan are are better than average against the run um, typically, and so I think you can count on it, at least occasionally the defense stepping up, especially against more conventional offenses and stopping that. Um, but uh, you know right now David Hawthorne, right now the linebacking core save Curtis Lofton is a mess. And the safeties are a mess, and the cornerbacks can't cover, and the Saints aren't getting any pressure. So, I mean, you look at what what's Besides been positive that it's fine. so far. No, I mean, I mean, seriously, you at two games, you look at what what have the Saints done well? Um, okay, Cam Jordan has played the run pretty well, and Curtis Lofton has made some plays. Beyond that, um, you know, these guys have to start stepping up. And it's a new scheme, and, and look, I'm not buying into the whole, oh, well, Spags, you know, when he was with the Giants. Look, this team is a mess. You know, and anyone who wants to look at the Giants and think the team is going to the Super Bowl is just, uh, you know, is, is on some very bad drugs, and they need to get off because I'm scared for their health. But um, the, the bottom line is this. There's, there's no way they can get any worse. If it continues, and look, again, you're not going to wave some magic wand. You're not going to pick up some random player at this point that's going to transform the defense. It is what it is, and the guys that are in there um, are the guys that are going to play. I think Corey White right now is not playing well, and I think replacing him with Johnny Patrick or some some veteran off the street, whatever, um, would be a good first step. And I think the Saints need to try to get Martez Wilson and maybe Junior Gillette maybe a little more involved at defensive end. Um, but beyond that, that's the best they can do right now, and we just have to hope it gets better. Um, Grant, now, the Chiefs, as bad as they've been, um, they still have Jamal Charles. They still they still have some weapons. You know? Yeah, they, they still have Dwayne Bocard, two touchdowns. It's still going to be a test. It's still going to be a test. Yeah, and, um, and Romeo Cornell is a – He's a horrible head coach, but he's a pretty good defensive coordinator. So he might have something up his sleeve. And, you know, I was thinking, Andrew, uh, and this is a question for you. If if the NFL, if Roger Goodell said, you know what, Saints, you know, fuck you. We're, we're disbanding the Saints. Your bounties, your stain on the shield. We're disbanding the Saints. And any NFL team can come in and take a Saints defensive player, but you have to give up a second-round pick. What players do you think the Saints have on their defense 
that start that are worth second-round picks. I came up with three. Cam Jordan, Curtis Lofton, and Jabari Greer, and maybe Hicks if you want to like a young, talented defensive tackle. That's it. Yeah, no way. I I think Lofton, and that's it. I think Greer, you know, maybe a third-round pick. Um, Maybe. Uh, but he, he's aged and he's got a big contract, so I don't think you're getting a second round pick for him. Cam Jordan is a major liability in pass rushing situations, so uh, yeah, he's young enough and he's been good against the run, so maybe you get a second for him, maybe. Um, Lawson, definitely, you get a second round pick for. Um, but yeah, I don't think Hicks you're getting a second round pick for, so yeah, I, I think it's it's one and a half, maybe two. Yeah. Um, but, that's you, know, you, know, you know, Ralph, this season, this season just feels like – I can't remember what year it was. I think it was 2008. But you remember how every week the Saints were just finding a different way to lose. And well, one you know, week it was Gramada missed that kick in yeah. Denver. And then another week it was just the defense fell apart in the offense. And last year was the exact opposite of that. It was like the, the offense didn't show up in Tennessee and in, in Atlanta. And the defense came up with these huge plays. And then – you know, the, the defense wouldn't play well at all against Detroit, and the offense would just score at will. It, and it, this this year, it just feels like if the defense – I don't know why, but I just have this stinking feeling in my gut that the defense is going to show up and play pretty good against Kansas City, and the offense is going to fall flat on their face. And I, I feel like it's going to be that kind of season where Hartley will miss a kick, and it's just like, you know, I, they'll, they'll, they'll – correct areas and other areas are, start, are going to start falling apart. It just feels like that. Well, it kind of feels like 2007 in the sense of, you know, 2007 they started 0-4 and everybody was like, oh my God, they're never going to win a game. And they, they went out to Seattle and everybody's like, they can't go out to Seattle on a Sunday night and win. And they fucking just rolled Seattle, got it to 4-4 yeah. and and everybody was like, oh, it's cool, we're 4-4, four and four. the winless Rams are coming to town. And then they just got thumped. And I think Andrew, I think that's how this season, to me, it's going to feel. I think the Saints, they're going to get on a run, and they're going to win games because Drew Brees is going to have a stretch where, you know, I think it'll be – I don't know when it'll be. Hopefully it'll be soon. But he's going to have a stretch where he's going to play perfect. He'll play perfect for three, four, five in a row, and they'll win. And everybody will be like, oh, they're back. It's great. But when you have a defense this shitty – it's almost like dating uh, a girl or a stripper or something that's got a that, that drinks a lot, and you never know when she's going to come knocking on your door and just ruin your shit. Could be at work, could be on a Wednesday night, could be a Sunday morning. You just never know when it's going to happen, and that's what I feel with this defense. I, I just I don't have any reasons for optimism on this defense. I just don't see how they're going to, you know, it would be one thing, Andrew, if they were just, if they had, I would almost feel better about it if they had played Carolina and Washington and they had had seven, eight plays each game where they just busted fucking coverages and were not doing run fits right. And they just had these gaping fucking holes. And you're like, man, they if they could just clean it up. But I don't feel like that. I don't feel, I mean, I know they had some, some bad plays against Carolina. I was going to say, that's definitely part of it. But I don't feel like that's the majority of it. I feel like they're just not good enough. Yeah, I agree with you, Ralph. I mean, the the, 
you know, Spags is a stand-up guy, and today in his pre- press conference, you know, he said, oh, I, mi- I missed a couple calls that really would have changed the first half, and then I missed three calls in the second half that really would have made a huge difference in the game. But I'm sorry, I don't buy it. All I saw was the entire game, all game long, a four-man rush that was getting blasted at the line of scrimmage, pushed, pushed back, pushed off the line of scrimmage. And every time they blitzed, give Carolina credit, um, they picked the blitz up well, but it left Corey White on single coverage, and he would get victimized. And it was like rinse and repeat. That, that, <laughs> for the first two games, that has been the experience. You either rush four, and you are stalled at the line of scrimmage, or you bring an extra guy, okay, they're rushing more than four. Where's Corey White? Oh, there he is. I'm going to throw that receiver. And that's been, in a nutshell, what's been happening so far. So I think, and I think last week there was at least a couple times where there was one play where Cam Jordan got a sack, and there was another play where they were kind of sacking uh, Newton, and then he threw some ridiculous pass to that receiver that ended up running for like eight yards. And that was pro- that was where I lost my cookies pretty much. But, um, but, but no, I mean, if you look at those two plays, those were two plays where, yes, the Saints didn't get any pressure, but the coverage on the back end was very good. And so eventually, um, you know, you call it the traditional cover sack. But if they can get Johnny Patrick back, if they can get Corey White out of there, um, maybe – you know, so we're talking about just one player, one one player change. Maybe instead of happening twice a game, it's happening three or four times a game. Helps you get off the field once or twice more. Gives the offense another chance. Yeah. So, I mean, sometimes look, the defense. I, I firmly believe the defense is going to be um, shady and 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 spotty all season long, pretty much. But I think one player, I think one one thing, um, can it can can turn turn its luck pretty quickly. Yeah, it can't and, get al- worse. It and, can't. and also it can't. too, the Saints. My way of thinking, Andrew, in two games, the defense has has had has has been in position one time to switch the game, and Patrick Robinson dropped the ball. Yep, that's yep. the that's the most concerning to me. I mean, even if you figure, even if the defense is atrocious, that's a, that's a carryover from last year, though. I mean. It, yeah, these these DBs can't catch the football. But I mean, you would think you'd run into three plays a game where you cause a fumble, you get an interception. Like, you, I mean, even a crappy defense can run into three three good plays by accident. Um, yeah, but a lot of that, a lot of those turnovers, Ralph, have to do with pressure. Yeah, and if you look around the league, if you look at all the picks, a lot of them are like tip balls at the line of scrimmage that yeah. end up in a linebacker's hands or the quarterback's kind of getting hit as he throws, yeah. and the ball's left accurate, and the safety picks it off. And so um, if you go back and look at a lot of interceptions around the league, very seldom is it a quarter. These quarterbacks in the NFL are the 32 best in the land. And most of the time, if you give them time and they're set, their mechanics are good enough that they're going to put the ball on a dime. Yep. And they're the location of the football more times than not. 99 95% of the time is going to be accurate. Yep. So the turnovers, the mistakes really start to come. I mean, unless some guy just makes a complete idiotic play. Most of the mistakes come when you get them out of the pocket, they're not comfortable. Drew Brees' pick six is a perfect example of that. Or you kind of hit them as they're throwing, or um, you tip a ball at the line of scrimmage. That's how interceptions come. And so it still requires, it's not just like cornerbacks playing pitch and catch and, and, and you know, 
jumping on a route and making a good play. Most of the time, it's rattling the quarterback, and the yeah. teams aren't doing that. And, so that's and they, why they're not getting interceptions. Yeah, and they're just – I mean, the quarterback, they're just not making them uncomfortable at all, and it's just – no. I mean, to me, it seems to me like Spags, you know, and you, and you graded the film. It, it it seemed to me like he was he was throwing everything. He was he tried coverage. He tried pressure. He tried he tried gut pressure. He tried coming off the corner. I mean, he, he was he was trying everything. Um, how much of a liability? Or let me better question. When is the point where Junior Gallet and Martez Wilson are getting the majority of snaps between them? When when does that point come? Because I think eventually it will. When does it arrive? I think I think it'll have to happen when and if Will Smith ever gets a suspension. Um, but right now. Uh, Junior Gallette is just so bad against the run. He's such a liability. And I, I definitely saw that in the Carolina game. They tried to play him more. And the minute he was on the field, it was like, all right, D'Angelo, we're going to take the snap out of the shotgun. We're going to run a little misdirection play, and you're going right at that guy. And it worked. It worked a lot. Um, so he, he's, he's a liability. And, you know, the Mr. Famous Dave Cariello, I got to bust his balls a little bit. But, um, you know, he first of all, I want to criticize him for saying that, uh, you know, he he um, he, he reminded me of the contradiction. It was something like he, he said that he wanted Martez Wilson and Junior Gallet in there, and he was dumping on Will Smith and saying that he sucks and he never wanted him to play again. <laughs> and then on the other side of the ball, it, was it a receiver? He was saying that Greg Camarillo was terrible and he never wanted to see him, so we should stick with every Henderson, something yeah, like that. I forget the Saints. Okay. The, the Saints' crappiness has clouded my memory. Yeah, well, Dave, you know what I'm talking about, so uh, you know, pick, pick one side of the fence, buddy. But <laughs> um, anyway, uh, you know, I, I think it may come in, in the. Uh, but but look, these guys are are. I, I still think Cam Jordan and Will Smith are the best guys on the roster because they're the most complete. And if you start putting Martez and Junior Gallet in these positions where they're playing on first and ten. They're playing on second and two. Um, it, it's just they're, they're not going to be used to their strengths, and they're going to be huge liabilities. And I I know most people out there are thinking, well, it can't get any worse. Why not just try it? Well, it, it can get worse. It, it can get worse. It can, it really can. Believe me. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know what, you know what? Also, it, it's just if, like you say, maybe. If they get Johnny Patrick back, the coverage will be better, and they can sort of go. I hate to to bring this guy up, but maybe they can go the Gary Gibbs route, where they make a team go all the way down the field on ten, twelve play drives, and you hope that you can create at least a couple opportunities a game, like you said earlier. Um, oh, you mean like the slow bleeding defense, where uh, they basically just milk yards out of you, and it's like a slow, painful death. It is. That's that's, that's the Gary. That's what See, I'm thinking. I almost, I almost rather the Greg Williams method, where if it gets to a point where it's just it's so bad that you know they can't do anything right, then why not just send the house? Yeah. You know, and why not just go after them and and all right, maybe when it's prevent defense time, maybe we don't blitz everyone, but but beyond that, 
Um, you know, I'd love the, the Jason David version of the defense where you take gambles and you're going to give up, you know, 60 yard plays and you're going to come up with turnovers. And I mean, personally, that, I would prefer that because I think you can make huge mistakes with, with this offense, or at least you used to be able to. I don't know if you are anymore. And, um, you know, they, they can, they can get it back for you. And then sometimes you make good plays, but I think if you're a defense that's just slowed, slowly bleeding to death, um, you know, I just don't think there's enough playmakers. Ah, shit, Ralph, I don't know what to do, man. I'm out of ideas. I'm a... Zach, help us out here. Come up with something that works, man. Well, um... No, no, but we talk about one guy. Look, Johnny Patrick comes back healthy. Hawthorne's knee starts to feel better. That's two guys. Yeah. If they, if, you know, if they can start playing better, that changes things a little bit. If we can get one linebacker to start moving laterally better and being more physical – and one cornerback that just covers slightly better and doesn't make huge mistakes like Corey White, um, that that at least makes it slightly better. So I think that's what we have to hope for. Yeah, slightly better. And, you know, now we'll get to the game this weekend. Look, the Saints are a nine-and-a-half-point favorite, and I'm telling you now, uh, I picked Carolina. Yeah, I'm, I'm betting Kansas City. I, be, I picked Carolina long. to win straight up in my column. People thought I was nuts. I didn't get the emails congratulating me. Um, this team shouldn't be favored nine and a half over Tulane. No. <laughs> um, but I just are you, are you with me here that this, if they lose to the Chiefs, this, the season's over. It's over. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, you, you the season is over. I mean, you, you can kiss the playoffs goodbye. Yeah, yeah. I mean, ba- I mean, well, I think I think you can kiss the playoff goodbye now because how, how, I mean, Atlanta's up ten nothing on Denver. You're going to be two games back. I mean, how is this team going to get to nine? They, to go, they have to go nine and five the rest of the way. Not with this yeah. defense, they're not. Um, but Andrew, I, I get the sense that this Kansas City game is going one or two ways. Either the Saints are just going to kick the shit out of Kansas City, and it is going to be just, you know what? Somebody's going to get a beating for all the Saints off-season woes. And it's going to be Kansas City, and it's just going to be four. It'll be forty, thirty-five, thirty-eight to ten, and the Saints will get a fumble. They'll, you know, cre- they'll the defense will still suck, but they'll get a tip ball and a pick. They'll get a sack and a fumble. And you know, if the Saints win the turnover battle two to nothing, they're probably going to win in a romp. Or I just see Kansas City winning easily. How that happens, I don't know. I just don't see this game being close either way. Yeah, I, I could see Kansas City winning like 35 to 24. I really could. I could see it too. But, um, yeah, look, I, I think it's do or die for the Saints. I, I really think if they lose this game, they're, they're going 5 and 11 or 4 and 12 at best. And it's, just, it's, it's going to be miserable. You know, maybe they have a little resurgence, a little shot in the arm when Joe Vid comes back or something, you know, and he's like, look, fuckers, you know, party's over, I'm back, and, you, you know, maybe he, he yeah. brings the reins in a little bit, but, uh, no, I, this is a must-win for the Saints, I, and I, I'm still, I'm not quite on, at your level yet, I mean, I, this team can still sweep the Falcons, don't ask me how, but they can still sweep the Falcons, and maybe uh, they have a competitive game in Green Bay, I'm not, I'm not gonna say they win that game, but, you know, make us feel at least a little better about ourselves, but, um, it's got to start this weekend with Kansas City, and well, there's got to be a sense of urgency. It's now. It's now or never. This team feels like the team that they would be 0-3, and, and they would go to Green Bay, and everybody would be laughing at them, and, Dree, and Breeze would pull out one of his 35 of 38 performances. 
Yeah. And they win. They beat Green Bay 45-42. But yeah, but even if that happened, Ralph, then they're one and three. And yeah. It's still, it's a tall mountain to climb, and we saw that when they were 0-4 in 2007, yep. and they won four straight games, and uh, they still, you know, never were able to climb out of, the, out of, that, yeah. out of that hole because, um, you know, it's just it's tough, man. It's tough. You dig yourself a hole. and um, But, yeah, I think at this point it, it's just got to be the attitude's got to be let's try to scrap and claw our way into the wild card somehow, and maybe we end up 9-7. and seven. Maybe we end up, you know, 10-6. and six probably not happening but you know maybe maybe we claw our way into the playoffs and then we get hot at the right time but um i, I it's got to start this weekend can't say i think if, if they start in zero and three hole um i just uh you know it, i think it's going to get to a point where and, and and everyone's talking about the character of the saints and the coaches won't let this happen but at some point i think the players will get the attitude of well we weren't supposed to win. Sean's yeah. not here, you know, and, and every team does it, you know, when they start losing and yeah. they start um, getting to the point where it's pretty clear, they're not going to make the playoffs. Guys start getting hurt a little easier. Yep. Um, the, the effort starts to drop a little bit and um, you know, you kind of mail it in. So, yeah. I mean, this game with Kansas city, it, it's just, like you say, it's, it's do or die. Um, so give me a, Score prediction, Andrew, and give me what we'll be talking about next Monday. I think because it's in the Dome and because it's a weak opponent, I think the Saints are going to pull this off. But I I think they're going to um, disappoint us slightly again. (laughs) I think it's going to come down to the wire, and I think it's going to be a nail-biter. And I think they will come out of this game making all of us feel pretty uneasy, even though they won. you got to remember, Kansas City still has talent, and they're a desperate team, too. And they, they've seen on tape a lot of weaknesses to exploit against the Saints, yeah. and they're going to do their best to um, to do so. And so um, I think both teams are, are going to play some scrappy football, but I think it's going to be another one of those games where um, mistakes are made and then both teams are kind of struggling. Um, and mm-hmm. I think it ends up being one of those kind of 27 to 24 wins and I th- I'm hoping the Saints um, end up pulling it out um, and going one and two and I have this weird vibe Ralph now I- I'm not <laughs> I have this weird feeling that they're going to end up one and two but somehow it's still going to be doomsday like god like they barely won that game it's <laughs> so awful against Kansas City at home like yeah. you know they're- they'll be lucky if they win four games and then they maybe go on the road and shock us all and beat Green Bay so I, that, that's kind of the scenario that I'm in the back of my mind hoping. hoping and, then, for. You know, get, and then they're at two and two, and then you know it's a new season. So yeah, I mean, Atlanta's winning ten nothing tonight, and they have the ball. I don't know. I haven't been watching the game, but it must not be going well for Peyton Manning. But you know, listen, the fact of the matter is, with this year, we all knew in the back of our minds, we knew it was an up hill fucking battle we didn't want to admit it because we didn't want the net all the national media naysayers that it was a six and ten and seven and nine disaster we just didn't want to we didn't want to hear it because we're, we're, they had won 37 games the last three years andrew we didn't want to hear it but now i don't think any i don't think any of us saw this coming though ralph i mean i said in my column it was either going to be super bowl or six and ten and i well i really believe I'll give that you credit there but i really feel like most fans didn't didn't really yeah. 
um, imagine that these first two games were going to be this bad and yeah. against relatively weak opponents. You know, it's not like Washington. I mean, Washington um, certainly blew a, a game against what's traditionally been a very poor team in St. Louis. Um, and uh, now they're one and one. They didn't look so good last week. And, uh, you know, RG3 threw a pick, you know, a crucial pick. And um, so, and their defense looks forward. I mean, yeah. St. Louis was able to expose them better than the Saints could. So, yeah. and, um, and also, too, I think my biggest fear for this Kansas City game, um, Andrew, is that if it's close, I believe with all my soul and every fiber of my being, that these scab referees, they still have one more act before the regular referees come back. And I believe that one more act is they're going to blow a game so heinously that I can't even, I can't even comprehend to you or fathom a guess on how it's going to be. But it is going to be so bad that it is going to be the talk of – the NFL till Wednesday of that week, and it's coming. And it's coming. It's coming. I'm with you. I just don't think it's going to be the Saints because the Saints can't help themselves. You know, I think the Saints are in a position right now where they're not playing well anyway. Yeah. Uh, it, it's got to be a bigger. It's got to be a more grandiose exit. Maybe. You know? But they've got to go on Monday night with two teams that are three and zero. You know, <laughs> something like that, and just you know do an Ed Hockley version of a backwards pass at the end of the game. It's called an incompletion, um, you know, something yeah. of, of that proportion, um, or even worse, just not knowing the rules, getting an interpretation yeah. wrong, um, which would just um, send send everyone into a frenzy. But I think it's got to be a high-profile game um, that that has national exposure. Right now, the Saints. I mean, every, the story nationally is is oh, the Saints miss Sean Payton. That's what everyone's blaming it on, and the Saints have already kind of been dismissed as terrible. Yeah. Um, so uh, they're not in the national spotlight at all. I think it, everyone's assumed pretty quickly that the Saints are just not going to be very good this year. Well, we'll see. I mean, hopefully when I talk to you Monday, we're not um, talking to 2013 draft. Because if it's 0-3, <laughs> because if it's 0 and 3, we'll start talking draft. Don't think For we sure. won't. Don't think we won't. Um, so, Andrew. Yeah, hopefully that second-round pick that got taken away ends up being a third or fourth. Yeah, so – Andrew, be well, my friend, and we'll talk next week, and hopefully the Saints are um, not winless and we're not uh, suicidal. Yeah. <laughs> if they lose to Kansas City, I will be drinking during my grades. I promise you that. <laughs> and on that note, so long, my friend.